Hi and welcome to Think Healthy with Hayley. This is a podcast for women who are interested in health, fitness, weight loss and mindset. So if you want to feel more in control, enjoy food, stop dieting and just feel happier and healthier and getting to where you want to be, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. So today we are talking about 10 practical tips for weight loss. And these are tips that are to do with setting up your environment for success and making those key habits easier to do. And the key habits that we're going to cover in these 10 tips are things you'll probably have heard before, but things that are so valuable when you get them in your daily routine consistently. And that includes drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, making sure your nutrition is planned so it's easy for you to stick to, having that awareness of calories and portion sizes where it's needed and getting in your activity. And there's another bonus tip around mindful eating which I'm going to talk about a little bit more too. So let's get straight in there. We've got tip number one is drinking water. How do we make it easier to drink more water? Because a lot of people do struggle with this. And a few tips that can help if you know you don't tend to drink enough. Firstly would be if you're at home most of the day, setting out water bottles in different areas of your house can make quite a positive difference. So some of my clients have found that just having like a bottle in the kitchen, bottle in the living room, maybe one in the bedroom or the bathroom, just these little reminders just to build the habit of seeing that bottle of water wherever you go and just having a drink when you see it. Other things you could do would be to get a really nice bottle like a a chilli bottle, so if you're out and about, if you're going to work or you're just out with kids or whatever, you can take that with you and it just looks nice. So making sure you invest in something that you like the look of it. If it's a chilli bottle or something similar, it's gonna keep your drink nice and cool. And that can just feel like, yeah, I wanna drink out of that, it looks nice. And I wanna take it with me because it feels good. And having a, a two litre bottle of water or a one litre bottle that you fill up twice a day is also helpful just to help you measure the amount that you're drinking. So sometimes if you're working at home, I found a few clients have really found it useful to have just that big bottle and they just got to get through that over the course of the day. So they might do a litre in the morning, a litre in the afternoon. And you might just find as well having a glass of water with each meal and each snack is just a habit to build. So have a glass out there consistently out on the kitchen worktop, you've got to have it when you have something to eat or have a glass with you that you just get up every hour to fill up. Anything out of those tips I've just mentioned could be something good to try. If you know generally that you don't drink a lot of water, also if you notice like you you feel, often you have cravings, you might feel like you, you're possibly a bit thirsty, but it's easy to confuse that with hunger and cravings. It's worth just upping your water intake just to see what difference it makes. And this will come into another tip later on as well, but just to, to have a glass of water whenever you feel hungry is really helpful because it's very easy for our body to send up the signal that it's thirsty and we feel like it's actually hunger and we're craving something, we're craving normally sugar. But if you go for a drink first and then just give yourself a little bit of time to see, do I still feel hungry in 10 minutes time or am I actually okay? Then you might find that actually you are just a bit thirsty and that's solved that problem. So tip number two is around getting enough sleep. So a lot of us struggle to get to bed early enough to get the seven to eight hours sleep that we generally need. 
And something that can really help with this is to set an alarm for when you go to bed. So sometimes it can help to set a couple of alarms so that you give yourself enough time to get ready to kind of prepare yourself for going to bed as well as then to go to bed. So if you find that in the evenings it gets to kind of nine, ten o'clock and, and that's when you finally get to sit down and relax, like the kids are in bed, you've finally finished the work for the day, you've had dinner and then it's downtime, but that can easily become too much downtime where then there's not enough sleep time. If that's the case and you want to bring your bedtime a little bit earlier, which I would highly, highly recommend, even if you feel like you miss out then on a bit of TV time, a bit of relaxation time, try it and see how you feel. Just try a week of going to bed that bit earlier, saving up the TV programs for a rainy day or for the weekend. Just see what impact it makes for you because sleep is, is so, so important for for energy, for health, for weight loss. It makes such a difference. So give it a try. If you set your alarm for the time you want to go to bed, that can be helpful. But if you find that you're doing something generally beforehand, like you might watch a TV program, you might be reading or doing an activity or just chilling and you're not quite ready to go to bed when that alarm goes off, setting another alarm for kind of 15 minutes or half an hour before you want to go to bed is really helpful so that your brain then realizes, okay, say it goes off half an hour before bedtime. Okay, we've got half an hour left. Let's just start the last thing we want to do or start to wind things down a little bit. And then we know that in half an hour we want to be in bed. So what do we need to do between now and then? Do we need to start getting ready? Do we need to put some things away in the kitchen? Do we need to just tidy up a little bit so that by the time the alarm goes off for bed, you're ready, clean teeth, and you're getting into bed. And that could be a time then to do a little bit of reading, or you might just switch off and go to sleep. But having that preparation alarm is really useful. And some people find it helps to have a second alarm, maybe 15 minutes before bedtime. So it's just another prompt to say, okay, whatever we're doing now, are you wrapping it up? Let's make sure you're getting ready. You're going now to maybe clean your teeth at this point. And that gives you that kind of breakdown into getting to bed at the right time. It can seem a little bit weird to set an alarm for bed, but it's a really useful tool. But when you've had so much going on in the day, it's so easy to just sit down and then veg out on the, the sofa when you'd benefit so much from just having that prompt to get ready and then ending up in bed maybe half an hour or an hour earlier than you otherwise would do. And yeah, test it out, see how you feel by doing that. And bear in mind, it might take a little bit of time just to get used to being in bed that bit earlier. And you might then need to give yourself a week or so for your body to adjust to it. And if it's a big difference in where you're currently going to bed versus where you want to go to bed in terms of time, give yourself incremental goals to work towards. So if you're currently going to bed at one in the morning and you'd love to go to bed at half 10, don't just go straight to half 10. Make it midnight to start with. Make it something that feels doable and then just work back to where you want to get to. Break it down into those small goals and see see how you find it. Tip number three, setting a realistic, doable morning alarm that gives you a bit of time for you in the morning. So. If you find that you're currently waking up and it's straight into the day and it's quite hectic and busy and you don't get that time for you, just giving yourself that extra bit of time in the morning can make all the difference to the rest of your day. And ideally, you'd have a a good amount of time to just really take that time for you, whether that's do a little bit of exercise, a little bit of stretching, a little bit of journaling, meditation. You might have some ideas for a great morning routine. 
If some of this is in place already, amazing. But if not, you might just want to start with 10, 15 minutes earlier than you currently get up, just to give you enough time to sit down and write a plan for the day. You don't need to do anything else yet if you're just starting from there. So the first task that would be most helpful for most people is to give themselves time to make a plan. Then you might want to work on getting up another 10, 15 minutes earlier than that after a few weeks of building the first habit so that you've got time to do a plan and maybe do a little bit of stretching or a little bit of meditation or a little bit of journaling. But don't try and do it all at once. Go for one thing at a time. And if you wanted a tip for which one it would be, I would say the planning is is crucial just to enable you to sit down and plan your food for the day and when you want to do exercise and when you want to have some downtime as well. Give yourself a real good structure. We tend to be good at planning our work day a lot of the time, but we're not so good at planning our food for the day. We might have an idea of dinner, like if we're discussing it with family, but it can really help to plan breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks and not be elaborate with that plan. Just literally take two minutes to write down, okay, this is what I'm having for breakfast. This is what I want to have for lunch. This is what we'll have for dinner. And these are my snacks. It's super simple. And planning in the activity that you want to do, whether it's an actual workout or whether it's just, when am I going to go for a walk today? When am I going to be able to get my steps in? If I look at the work day, have I got time to go out for 20 minutes at lunch? Or looking at the weather forecast, like do I want to go out first thing? Do I want to go out after work? When's it going to fit in best? And then ideally planning in some downtime, some self-care as well. It could be the smallest thing for that. It could be just in the evening, making sure that you you stop watching TV at half nine so that you've got half an hour to do your reading, do some cross stitch, do a hobby that you enjoy. It could be taking 10 minutes just to pop out for a really short walk. That could be your downtime. It could be your self-care. It could be making sure that you get a bath tonight and uh, your husband looks after the kids while you do that. Uh, making sure there's something in there for you, if possible. But having that plan for food, activity, and just making sure you feel happy with how that day looks when you've written it down is super helpful. And the food side, especially if weight loss is your goal, just knowing what you're going to have and when, and making sure that feels realistic and doable is so, so valuable. Another thing you can do with, with your planning routine in the morning is to have a bit of a routine with the planning itself so that it feels enjoyable to do. So you could create a planning sanctuary if that is doable in your house. This could be the simplest thing of just having a nice little area where you go to sit and do your plan. Could be at the table, could be on the sofa, but bringing like your favorite cup of coffee, like favorite mug, um, making yourself a nice hot drink in the morning, sitting down maybe even with like your favorite little blanket or just make it as enjoyable as it can be. In the summer, you might be able to sit out in the garden and do it. You might just wanna take yourself to a quiet spot, but make sure that spot is tidy and the night before you've got the planning journal out ready. So it's just there for you in the morning and your your previous self yesterday has taken care of future you, who's now present you in the morning. So that when you go down, it's just, it's there, it's easy. Maybe you've got a really nice journal as well. It looks pretty and you just, make it as enjoyable as it can be. Have your favorite pen, make it a real pleasant experience just to sit down and take that time for you because planning can seem like a chore and it can seem boring and it can seem restrictive, but it doesn't have to be at all. It can be something that sets you up for a really successful day. It's taking care of you. It's planning what feels good as well. It's not planning to restrict yourself. You're planning a day that works well for you. You're giving yourself the chance to just 
let that day run smoothly and not have to keep thinking and making decisions and feeling stressed out later on, you're setting yourself up to win the day. And that can feel good, that can feel empowering, that can feel calming, that can feel inspiring, that can feel whatever you want it to feel. So the perception of it is important and making it nice to do with those little tweaks to the environment can make a big difference as well. So tip number five is to set yourself up for getting the activity done in the day that you want to do by getting the kit out that you need, whether it's wearing your workout gear in the morning, if, if you're working at home and you know you want to do a home workout at some point today, making sure you've got your kit on already so you can just get it done when you've got the time. If you're maybe going to work or you travel in your car quite a lot, just make sure you've got gym kit in the car. So if it's an opportunity to just dash off to the gym, you've got your stuff. Whether it's putting your shoes by the door, so if you're at home and you know that you want to go out for a walk today, make sure your trainers are there so you see them, they remind you that you're going to go out and they're easy to find and put on when you've got that time. They're just there, you can get out the door. It might even be preparing your food for when you get back as well, just making it a really streamlined routine. It could be that you set some reminders for getting up and moving as well. If you're at home and it's difficult to get out, just setting your Fitbit to remind you every hour to do 200 steps or something, just to, to get up, to move around a little bit. That adds up a lot over the course of the day. And you could also set a reminder, even just to do like 10 squats. You could set a reminder for this, or you could just maybe build the association of when I boil the kettle, I do 10 squats while I'm waiting. Or every time I get up to go to the toilet, I do... 10 press-ups on the kitchen worked up. That kind of thing can add up a lot. If you feel like there's not much time to exercise and it's difficult to fit in what you want, focus on those little things you can do. Everyone can do like a small amount of steps each hour or every couple of hours. You can do 10 squats when you go to the loo. You can do small things and finding what you can do, what's, what is doable and realistic, makes all the difference. It doesn't have to be an, an hour long workout for you to have had an active day. You don't have to go out for an hour's walk. You can do some little bits and pieces at home. You've got the stairs every every couple of hours just for the sake of it. You could do what my mum does and hang out your washing one piece at a time and have it in the house and you're going out to the washing line and, and coming back in each time to get a new bit of a like bit of clothing. You could walk all around the house when you're putting on the radiators. There's all sorts of things you can do just to get a little bit more movement into your day. So making it easy to do that by wearing the right clothes, having your shoes out ready, having the kit that you need available can make all the difference just in those moments when you just, you're not that motivated to do it, but you know it will help. So if it's as easy as possible to do, it's much more likely that you'll get it done. And then celebrate that as well. Feel proud of whatever you do. Even if it's a small amount, it still adds up. And the more you can enjoy doing it and feel good about doing it, the more likely you'll keep doing it. And then that momentum builds and you really start to see progress and then results. So tip number six is to have some default easy meals that you can go to if you end up having a stressful day or a longer day than you thought you'd have and your original plan to cook something wonderful is just not going to happen. This is where often we can end up ordering a takeaway and there is nothing wrong with having the occasional takeaway, but we really want that to be a conscious planned choice that fits into your week because you've decided it's ahead of time, that's when I'm having it, and there's great nutrition around it. If it's a, an impulsive choice, it generally doesn't fit as well. You generally take in a lot of extra calories that then throws you off course for the goal of the week in terms of weight loss. So if you've got some easy backup choices, this can really help you to just stay on track when life gets in the way and makes it more difficult to do what you'd planned. 
and default choices could be things like a ready meal in the freezer like you could have something um like a pre-brought shop meal that just bung in the oven or bung in the microwave and it's there it's done it might not be optimal nutrition but it's still perfectly fine in terms of you might find something that's 500 600 calories shove it in the oven microwave and that's a lot less calories than a takeaway would be for example and it just it gets it done for you you don't have to do any prepping or cooking and it's that is a win if you if you just need something quick you've got that in stock you've saved yourself ordering a takeaway you've saved some money saved a lot of calories and then you can continue from there but other choices could be like even things like beans on toast eggs on toast an omelet fajitas is a favorite one for us we always have um wraps either in the cupboard or the freezer we always have salsa and yogurt to make kind of the the alternative to sour cream why we'd use greek yogurt and we always generally have either chicken or tofu in the fridge or the freezer if we don't we've got beans in the cupboard so we could have a bean fajita kind of thing instead and we always have frozen peppers stir fry is another one so you could have frozen veg you might have that with some tofu or some corn or some any kind of meat or beans and then the other option is something like breaded fish which you can have in the freezer you can actually get lightly dusted fish from most supermarkets so it's just breaded but less breaded so saves you some calories it's still very tasty that and some frozen oven chips like we have mccain five percent fat chips which are really tasty especially with nando's peri peri salt which you can get in sainsbury's i don't know whether it's in other supermarkets i think it probably is but nando's peri peri salt is a game changer it's amazing add that to chips um chips and the fish in the oven and then if you've got some frozen veg awesome uh if you haven't a bit of salad or peas or anything like that can be it can make a really actually decent meal you've got some protein in there you've got some chips which are lovely you, that they're not that bad for calories either the um the mccain five percent fat ones and uh, with any kind of chips the portion size makes a difference so check the packet go for the appropriate portion a quarter of your plate a third of your plate perhaps um and then the protein and then you've got ideally some veg too but if you haven't got veg every now and again that's okay if you've got that back up it's just really helpful and then having a plan for your snacks is the next tip this is tip number seven now so having a plan for what you will snack on that day is really useful because this is a part where most people don't plan their snacks and understandably why would you but actually it's really helpful to do and having default snacks is really useful as well so going for protein like a source of protein or fruit as your backup default snack choice is really really useful you can plan in any snacks you want obviously there's no, nothing wrong with having a bar of chocolate or whatever else you want to snack on but if you're thinking okay I'm, my goal is weight loss i want this to be simple my snacks if i get hungry i'm going to go for protein or i'm going to go for fruit protein snacks could be a protein shake potentially a protein bar which can be really helpful if you're out and about some good protein bars are the grenade carb killer bars which you can get in most supermarkets and petrol stations PhD smart bars are really nice as well. There's a few others that are out that are also pretty tasty. It's worth looking at the packet and making sure in that protein bar it has around 20 grams of protein for about 200 or just over 200 calories. A lot of bars are marketed as being high protein and when you look at the packet they're actually only 5 to 10 grams of protein in the bar. So they're not as high in protein. They might be still tasty then they could be fine for a snack if you've got good protein in your meals anyway. But if you're looking for an actual protein bar, 
look for 20 grams if you can find it and make sure the calories are 200 or just over 200. So having that in your bag is very useful. Having perhaps boiled eggs at home is really can be a great snack. Having baby bells in the fridge. And if you're having any snacks like nuts, just portioning them out ahead of time is really useful as well. Just make sure you you know what about 150, 200 calories is. Um, could be 100 calories, could be that and a piece of fruit. But making sure you've got the awareness. If you're having nuts or hummus or anything like that, checking the portions, checking the packet is really useful because they're very easy to eat more than you think. Same with things like peanut butter, um, any kind of nut butters. They are totally fine to have. It's just really worth checking what is this portion size that I'm having? I'm, most people will guesstimate it to be much less calories than it actually is. So it's worth just putting that jar on a kitchen scale, taking out what you think is the, the portion you want and just checking how much is that? Like what is that in calories? Just so that you know and you've got an idea. And if you're happy with that, great. If you might want to have a little bit less, that could be helpful as well. So tip number eight, when you are hungry, Drinking a glass of water first and just waiting 15 minutes before you eat. So this kind of brings us back to that point one about drinking water. But this will help you a lot when it comes to just mindful eating, making sure that you're aware of eating when you're hungry, not eating for any other reasons like a, a craving or an emotional reason or because you're thirsty. So drinking that glass of water gives you the chance to check, am I thirsty? And then waiting 15 minutes gives you that chance for your stomach to tell you whether you're hungry or thirsty, but it also gives you the chance to see, am I just craving something? Is this just a habit? Is this actually I'm wanting to eat food because something's just happened at work or I'm just a bit stressed out by the kids or I've got home and it's been a long, tiring day, dinner's not going to be ready for another hour and I just want to eat something. So just checking in to see when that hunger feeling pops up, like what is the reason? Is it genuine hunger? Or is there something else that you're actually needing in that moment? A lot of the time when we feel hungry, we actually just need a break. Like we need to sit down and rest for a few minutes. We need to take a pause from what we're doing and actually chill, just sit and relax. Because we often, we eat to, to numb out, we eat to distract ourselves. We eat to take a break from a tiring, stressful day. And if you can recognize that, if you can build the habit of just having a glass of water, checking in to see what am I really feeling at the moment am I hungry or is this anything else when you've got that awareness then you get the chance to make a choice that's really going to serve you well and sometimes that might be eating but if you notice that maybe there's something else going on you could give yourself the chance then to think okay maybe I just need to sit down and rest maybe I need to just have something strategic like a baby bell just to keep going till dinner Maybe I need to have a chat with someone. Maybe I need to plan to have some more rest later on today or tomorrow so that I'm getting the downtime that I need. And so the awareness is the key first step. So knowing what you need, what your patterns are, and then you get to make the decision. And there's nothing wrong with still eating if you do, but understanding your reasons why is really valuable. And then you can look to, to change them over, over time if that's gonna be helpful. Tip number nine is to make your food look good. When you're eating food, it's very easy to firstly be eating while distracted. So how many of us eat when we're on our phones or laptops, we're eating on the go, eating when we're working. So making the food look good and taking the time to, to sit with it with minimal distractions is tip nine. So that you get to really fully appreciate and enjoy what you're eating, you get to notice it, it looks good and your brain gets to register that you've had that meal or that snack. 
So ways to make it look good can be to put it on a nice plate. So making sure it's not just in a Tupperware box or like just anything else that isn't looking that good. Making sure you've got a nice plate to put it on. You've got, preferably you put it at the table and the food on the plate as well. When you look at the meal, does it look nice? Like, is there some color in there? Is there some fruit or some vegetables just adding a nice bit of color? Is it arranged nicely? Imagine you go to a nice restaurant, it's, the food is presented beautifully on the plate and you don't need to make it look like that, but moving in that direction of just presenting it nicely so it feels like you're treating yourself well by eating that food. Whether it's a healthy meal, whether it's less healthy, just making it look good gives you the, the maximum enjoyment you can get from it as well. And then putting it on a plate, eating at the table whenever you can, just so that you are, you're really aware of what you're having. It feels like you're taking that time out just to eat that food. And sometimes this can feel hard to do because we think we don't have the time to sit and eat the food without being distracted or without doing something else. I would ask you to question that and just have a think of what, what would go wrong if you took that time to sit and eat the meal. If you took, for most people, it's about 10 minutes just to sit down and slowly mindfully eat what what would happen like would would something go wrong with work would you miss out on doing something realistically or would you actually find that you're you just get to enjoy your food and then it has no real impact on your day most of us can take that time just to have 10 minutes to to sit and eat without anything else going on and often it means that we just don't scroll on facebook or we don't look at something that isn't actually that helpful anyway because most important work tasks you can't do while you're eating at the same time you might be in a meeting now and again or something like that but if you can finding that time to just have no distractions sit down and eat see the difference that it makes for you because it, it will help you to register that in your brain your brain will get to really fully see and enjoy the food so you're going to feel fuller for longer by doing that and if you can eat that with full enjoyment whatever it is you'll actually feel more satisfied for longer you'll feel like you're you're eating real food because you've been able to actually notice it and not just be semi-aware of it while doing something else and it feels like whatever it is it feels like you're treating yourself well because if it's tasty food you enjoy it's not that healthy but you're having it you're fully aware of it you're showing yourself that that is that is food you're allowed to have and, and enjoy and if it's a healthier choice by making it look good you get to enjoy it as much as possible and you get to notice the nutrients that you're giving yourself and hopefully that feels good to see that you're feeding yourself protein and vitamins and minerals and fiber and antioxidants and all the stuff that your body needs to function and feel at its best you're treating yourself well it's a form of self-care to have have a nutritious meal and equally it can be a form of self-care to have a, a less nutritious meal and to notice either of those can make a huge difference so that's tip number nine, to make that food look good and take the time to eat it with minimal distractions. And then tip number 10 is to really slow down and notice each bite. So building on tip nine, mindful eating, slowing it down and making sure that you're aware of the taste and the, the texture of that food and really fully enjoying it. Whether it's nutritious, whether it's less nutritious, when you get to slow it down, you, you can really notice the difference in the taste as you get through that meal you tend to find that the taste starts to fade a little bit. And at the beginning when you're hungry, it's a 10 out of 10. It's, it's like your taste buds are, are ready for it, they really want it. And over time, as you go further into the meal, you start to become a bit more satisfied. Your stomach starts to register that it's becoming full. Then that taste starts to drop down. And by the end of the meal, it might be like a six or a seven out of 10. 
but being aware of that is really useful because if you're really hungry you might eat the whole thing and that's completely fine but you might also notice a lot of the time that when you're slowing it down and, and really aware of the bites that you have you're actually satisfied with less so your brain gets to register it that bit more and because you're eating slower you've got more time for your stomach to send you that signal that it's getting full and then you can practice perhaps there might be certain meals where at the moment the portion is a little bit bigger than it needs to be and you could try leaving a little bit behind and that food you leave you could go back and eat later if you're hungry for it you could portion it up and put it in the fridge and have it tomorrow you could throw it in the bin like it's better in the bin than in your body if you didn't really enjoy it or need it and you could also just decide that maybe you'll serve yourself a smaller portion next time just to help you minimize food waste and feel, see how you feel with a smaller amount of food. And again, you can always eat something else, eat a little bit more if you decide that you are still hungry after 20 minutes of having finished that meal. But so many times people find that actually they're satisfied with much less than they thought they needed. So slowing it down, really noticing each bite is tip 10. And bonus tip 11 is to make sure that you plan foods that you love. So I've talked a little bit about this already, but making sure when you're planning foods, you're planning things that feel enjoyable and realistic, making sure that you're not trying to plan a really healthy week where you eat amazing nutrition all the time and you always say no to chocolate or to cake or to anything else that you really fancy. That will last, that will last for a little bit of time, but very often people just get worn down by doing that. If you, especially if you want to eat with your family or your friends and every now and again you might want a takeaway or some pizza or some chocolate or cake with a friend, anything like that, planning that in makes things feel so much more sustainable and trying to cut everything out just to get to the goal doesn't work for the long term. So at some point, if you want to eat those foods, you need to learn how to eat them on the way to achieving the goal. If you try and cut them out, get to the goal then you're kind of stuck because you haven't built the habits and the routines that allow you to find that balance and trying to find it once you've got there very often leads to just regaining the weight back but if you do it on the way down it can mean that your progress is slightly slower overall but it means that you get to keep going and build a lifestyle that actually allows you to keep the success that you create in the end so planning in a meal that feels less healthy but it's something that you want whether it's takeaway now and again whether it's having some chips some pizza a burger whatever you want making sure at least once a week you've got something that just feels like yeah this isn't that nutritious but I just I really enjoy this meal this allows me to to eat with my family and my friends or it just means that I just get to eat what I like and ideally everything will be something that you like but don't be don't be aiming for perfect nutrition unless you absolutely love perfect nutrition and that feels completely sustainable but it doesn't need to be you don't need to eat optimal nutrition all the time in order to reach your goal you need it to feel doable and sustainable and same with snacks if you if you're trying to always eat protein and fruit for snacks every single day that tends to wear people down and at some point they cave in and they have some chocolate and then they feel bad because they've had chocolate and then that can lead to a binge that can lead to just going way off track but if you plan in now and again okay 80 percent of my choices are going to be protein and fruit but then I'm also going to make sure I plan in a bar of chocolate now and again, or I'm going to make sure that I, when I meet my friend, if I want to have cake at the cafe, I'm going to plan in to have that cake then, and I'll make sure I've got great nutrition around that day. You can do that. And if you do that deliberately and consciously and enjoy what you have guilt-free, that's, that generally leads to a really healthy relationship with food and amazing long-term success. 
So that's it. I hope these tips have been helpful. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, need any help, feel free to drop me an email. It's hayley at hayleyplumber.co.uk and come find me on Facebook or Instagram via the links in the show notes. Have an awesome week and speak to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, if I can help you in any way, please feel free to get in contact with me via my website, hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me on Facebook or Instagram and I would love to connect with you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll speak to you soon.